you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey, I'm Jess Armstead, New York Football Giants, NFL Player's Second Acts Podcast. What's going on? I'm Peanut Tillman, and welcome to the NFL Player Second Acts Podcast. And with me, as always, I got my I got my trusted advisor, my my okay. my my younger oldest brother, yeah. uh, uh, Roman Harper here. Welcome to the show. What's up, baby? I feel good. This is gonna be a great day. It's gonna be a great first, day. First, we start off with compliments. This just never happens. I'm really excited about our <laughs> guest this morning because uh, I was a big fan. I played with him with Madden. I hadn't even mentioned that to him yet, but a lot of lot of years playing with this young man on Madden. Go ahead. Yeah. So uh, we gonna dive right in. Let me read some of the resume. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh. I want to make sure our listeners are out there. Hey, continue to give us a follow. Uh, shout out to everybody, uh, whether you pay, wherever you pick up your podcast, whether it's Apple Podcasts or iHeartRadio. Um, thank you, or the app, iHeartRadio app. Make sure you give us a five-star rating, a review, and uh, tell a friend to tell a friend. All right, now, Peanut, let's get this thing going. Let man. me read it's the bio. I got to get back into the magic. Let's go. Played 11 years uh, in the NFL for the Giants and now the Washington Commanders. Was an all-pro, made the Pro Bowl five times. He is in the New York Giants ring of honor. He won a Super Bowl as a member of the Giants front office. Now he's a special assistant to the general manager. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Jesse Armstead to the show. All right. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. I appreciate you being here. Hold on. I got to be honest because Jesse, you were the first linebacker that I can remember that wore like a 90 number. And was like balling, balling, yeah, balling. So like that's what really stood out to me. I played with you for many years on the game, and I was in. Now I'm in awe of you. I didn't know you were from Texas. I didn't know much about you besides the game. And so this is really cool, just being in this moment, sharing this room with you, and getting to know you a little bit more after we've done more research and backstory. Absolutely, I'm glad to be here. Also, and uh, hey, I'm open book, man. I'm here. <laughs> Tell you about myself, whatever you want to know. And I appreciate that. That te- I'm, I'm her, like the, the the country accent and all that. Yeah. So I'm I'm a I'm a Dallas, or excuse me, not a Dallas. I'm I'm a Fort Hood, Central Texas, yeah. Belton, Waco, Temple, Clean. I'm in that area. That's that's those are my my roots where I play some football. So nothing like nothing nothing like Dallas Carter, of course. But uh, <laughs> uh, we gonna yeah. get to that. We gonna yeah. I got a whole yeah. I got a whole segment for that because yeah, y'all was crazy. Y'all was y'all was good. Damn, y'all was good. <laughs> so, Jesse, um, let's take it all the way back here. You're a young man. You you grew up in like Oak Cliff, right? Yes. Is that correct? And uh, you used to always, uh, you guys would have some different things in Birdie Park. 
All right, Birdie Park, you guys have a lot of action out there. Fisticuffs, going back, whatever it took. And your brother would come and get you and say, hey, man, they talking. Let's go. Let's go to handle this. And uh, and one of these days, one of these times, I guess you guys were fighting. And then next thing you know, a butcher knife was thrown. A third person party came out of nowhere. A butcher knife was thrown. Hit you in the hip. It goes in. You're bleeding everywhere. You go inside the house, your grandma's house or your mom's house. Oh, my mom's house. Your mom's house yeah. breaks off. And now they got you got to have surgery and get this thing out. They say you maybe not be able to walk. Like, just take us there. This is amazing. This is crazy story what for you. Was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, how does all this happen? And <laughs> let's take it all the way back to Birdie Park for me and just kind of walk us through everything that is Birdie Park and also that day. Yeah, so um, just got into it with these, um, actually, I got into it with one brother and I started fighting my first brother. Second brother came outside, so I was fighting both of those guys. Okay. And then the so third clearly brother. you were winning. Yeah, I went, but, <laughs> but they stacked the odds against me when the third brother came out, and he was 18, and okay. he came out with the knife. And how old are you at the and time? And I was like 11, 12. You're 11, 12, yeah. okay. Yeah, about 12, 12. Okay. And the odds came against me then, and I tried to get away, and he threw it and went through me. And then they were trying to get to me, and I just jumped on my motorcycle, and I got out of there and made it to the house, blood going everywhere. Went in the house, and... I hit off the bars. We got bars on the house, mm-hmm. you know, came through and it broke off and had two surgeries later, you know, got it. I said, I have a little limp, you know, for a little while and went on with a little limp. But then one day I was sitting in the garage and a snake came through the garage. I've been running ever since. Then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a Forrest Gump story for you right yeah. there. I just was a running. So yeah. talking about back up, you just said. I left when I was getting jumped, and you hopped on your motorcycle. Yeah, yeah. This is like dirt bike motorcycle. Yeah, I, oh. I, I had a dirt bike. Back okay, there, and um, I didn't know they had a third brother. And okay, he was older, eighteen, <laughs> and he came out, and uh, I caught him out the corner of my eye, and he threw it, and uh, it went through me. You know, so I picture it, and like this sounds like a Hollywood movie, but you're only twelve years old doing all this. Yeah, I'm <laughs> just what? glad. I'm just glad that I was. Uh, either in the shock or whatever, I don't know, yeah. uh, to make it because if I fall down, then they got me. Yeah, you know? fight or flight. Yeah. That's, that's all that was. So yeah. how do you think that, that situation helped transform you? Like, yeah. helps you out? Do you see things differently? Like, how did that, like, shape you? It just shaped me to a point where, you know, uh, you know, I'm always fighting to the, to the end. Always, mm-hmm. no matter what the circumstance is. And I always carry that attitude with me no matter what and still got it today. Yeah, man. If if you ever see somebody chasing me, I I will go. Eat, I will gladly go in a fight with you, knowing what you just did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, Ride I mean, or die, my guy. Just knowing your pain tolerance, like mentally, has that just like kind of taken you to other places? Like, look, it doesn't matter what happens, what situation I am. There is no stopping. There is no going. I mean, I, I mean, I've ran and been on a dirt bike with a knife in my in my hip, like. <clears throat> Yeah, <laughs> I'm not trying to be funny, but like no, that's no, what, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. the truth. That's like, real. Yeah, I'm just saying I'm, I'm built for anything. You know, uh, fortunately, I played in the National Football League. Like uh, all my career, never missed a game. You know, never mm. missed, never missed a snap. Uh, so uh, fortunate that way. Uh, we hurt many times, but you yeah, know how that go. I do. Hey, pack up and keep going. I still want to talk about high school because I'm sure you guys are like. It's the middle. It's the middle of Texas, so it's got to be way hot. Way um, hot. That's when I guess water was, you know, for weaklings. Correct. Water I, I'm makes sure. you weak. 
No, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. You get some water, like you soft. You don't get no water, you know? Uh, and then all of a sudden, oh, you waterlogged, you know? So yeah. water, you, you did not get water. Um, you're in the heat of the day uh, and doing the hardest time. All right, so what was it like to play on that, that Dallas Carter team, 1988? Um, probably considered to be one of the, the best, greatest. if not the greatest football team ever assembled. And... Um, like, kind of take us back to what it was like to be in that, and um, and uh, what was that even like being? Did you even realize how good you were at the time? And for those that don't know, let's give them a little bit. That's with the the movie Friday Night Lights. Yeah, let's give some some context to that. Yeah, uh, Dallas Permian was the one that they showcased in the movie. Odessa, o- Odessa, sorry. Yeah, yeah and uh, versus you guys, sorry. And um, thank you, Peanut. They'd be and, mad, it's, but they you actually play football. Yeah, you guys actually won the game. Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> we all from the same neighborhood. We didn't do no recruiting like they do nowadays where mm-hmm. guys come from all over. Uh, we got the same neighborhood. A um, bunch of guys that uh, we started as freshmen. Uh, I went to Carter High School not for football because of right in my back door. Mm. I played basketball. Okay. And one day I'm just there at, uh, at the fence looking at the cheerleaders down at the Calicos mm-hmm. and checking them out. And all of a sudden the coach said, hey, everybody get down. What position you play? I looked at the guy next to me. He said, play linebacker. I said, I play linebacker. You know what I mean? So that's how I got started. You know what I mean? And your I, first, you said freshman year, right? Freshman year. Okay. And I, I got lucky. I got I got a wife out that deal because she was down at the uh, being a Calico. Oh, yeah. And then I got football. And my first time really being an official football player. I played one year in the eighth grade. Mm-hmm. And then in the ninth grade, I came to Carter High School and got on the freshman team. And then my sophomore year, I was number one player in the nation. No doubt. And I was going to tell them so stats. It, so it hit instantly, number one player in the nation. So I've been in my whole career, like, on top. So yeah. uh, from high school, uh, then we went on my senior year, and um, and we went on and uh, we won a state championship. And we had, we had great talent on that team. So you were a three-time – he's a three-time All-American yes. in high school. I want to let everybody Baller. know. Baller. Sophomore year – and he had just started playing. Sophomore oh, year, yeah. All American. Junior year, All American. You're on all kinds of magazines. And then senior year, you were pretty much the number one player in the country. I was number one player in the country my sophomore year. <laughs> <laughs> Get it right, bro. Get it right, bro. <laughs> Mm, Follow that. Yeah. Nah, yeah. it's just being correct. Say it with your chest. Say it with your chest, Jesse. It wasn't so much social media back then. Just <laughs> <laughs> social media. Oh, you you have been, been, been all that. <laughs> well, How hey, big were you? How many tackles did you have in one game? Um, oh, that's a great question. Well, I mean, my senior, my senior, I finished with three hundred uh, tackles um, and sixteen, twelve. Who was you, were y'all playing six man football teams? Oh my, three hundred. Well, they they wouldn't made it. They wouldn't made a movie out of six man football team. <laughs> you know? That's true. That's true. We were five eight, the biggest there is in yeah, the state of Texas. Yeah, so yeah, um, you know, but. You know, unfortunately, I had a lot of uh, good players that were in the neighborhood. I had Derek Evans, who was number one DB in the nation, also mm-hmm. on that team. Mm-hmm. They were going to the University of Tennessee. Um, and unfortunately, the other part of our story is that— Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, Keep going. that was a, a a big part of it. We all win the state championship, and then, um, you know, we all start out young. You yeah. know what I mean? We, we, we always gambled, did everything. What you do in the hood? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? We did that, and— uh, I went to juvenile um, uh, my freshman year, mm-hmm. uh, and I talked to guys. You know, we always shoplift, and we didn't have to. You know, that was something we were doing: shoplift, make a little money, and we sit there and we gamble. Mm-hmm. And and that stuff carried on later on. And 
um, should I senior year, guys came, uh, we graduated, we finished school, and we didn't, we hadn't graduated, but they turned around and uh, came with the deal. They wanted to do the armed robbery, mm. and I said, "Man, I've been juvenile twice, and I, I'm thinking juvenile." And I said, "Man, I'm not getting no more trouble." I told my mom, "I'm not getting no trouble. I'm not yeah. doing nothing. I'm clean." And they were like, "You know, you selling out. You know, you, you, you supposed to be with us. You know." Yeah. Mm-hmm. I said, "Man, I just I'm not doing it." And they went on and they did a few times. And one day I went to the the head coach, and I said, man, I want to holler at you. And he was like, what you want to talk about? And we were rolling. I said, no, nah, nothing. I started talking about something else. And he's still today, Freddie James, 83 years old. Mm. He'll tell you this story. And I'm like, no, nah, nothing I want to talk to you about. And you know what I think about today? I could have told it right then. Yeah. But if I told her I'd been a snitch in the hood, yeah. but I would have saved them. Yeah. And, but none of them would have liked me from that point on. Yeah. I was in a catch-22. Mm-hmm. And uh, you were too scared to do it or you didn't want to do it, but now you want to go snitch on everybody. So mm-hmm. I was in a bad predicament. You know what I mean? I still regret it both ways today yeah. because uh, I know Gary would have been in the NFL. I know Derek would have been in the NFL. Derek going to University of Tennessee, uh, number one DB. That's how they wind up getting um, – I can't think of the other cornerback uh, real good that went to um, Tennessee. Um, but then Gary was going to University of Houston. Yeah. Um, Carlos was going to Ohio, I think. Mm-hmm. And these guys were going all over. We, yeah. It's crazy. Everybody's getting scholarships. Like back so, then when scholarship and recruiting was a lot different, too. You had to really um, watch. Yeah. You, had, you, had, you really you had, had to go. You really team, had to though. recruit. Yeah. Yeah, and then the sad part about it was that, you know, he went into the uh, in the courtroom yeah. and we all had, you know, they were young and everybody had the same lawyer. So what they did, they brought everybody in on the same change game. Mm-hmm. So they had like 13 all change done with orange jumpsuit and say we was a game. We wasn't either no game. We didn't know nothing about no games. Mm-hmm. And we from Texas. Games were back in probably L.A. back then. We didn't yeah. understand what games were. Right. But they said we was a game and they tried everybody together and wound up getting – uh, Derek them like 80 years in prison, oh, wow. 70 years in prison. And then it was messed up because yeah. you shouldn't have never gave nobody no 80 years that had full scholarship. Yeah, they made mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. As an adult now, I'm an adult. There's no way that you should have been let to happen to young men like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Agreed. And turn around, they, they were railroaded. And then yeah. when the new governor came in Texas, he granted them clemency to get out after six years or five years, whatever the year was. Mm-hmm. I'm not for sure. But – you know, it was messed up, the whole deal. Yeah. And it was messed up by them. So I'm not yeah. taking nothing away from what happened because mm-hmm. I would have been upset if that was my mom getting. Um, was there a firearm involved with it? it? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It was firearm mm-hmm. involved in it, you know. Uh, but it, not taking nothing away from none of this now. Under, but, yeah. It was all wrong. But you get someone 80 years, you get somebody 70 years, you get somebody 60 years. Right. You know? They're trying to prove a point. They, they it was being railroaded yeah. all the way because they were pissed off about the state championship, all that stuff. And yeah. then they, they held y'all. They tried they to hold y'all back the whole time. And if you go look at you look at uh what Carter lost, mm-hmm. it's a 30 for 30. And what Carter lost. Mm-hmm. It shows live footage of how the judge was so arrogant when he said this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you see live footage. So it's nothing uh, that no one can say, oh, they didn't say this when it's live footage. And yeah. 30 for 30 did a great job showing it. Yeah. Does it piss you off that in the movie Friday Night Lights that they show Carter losing a game? Um, no, they, they actually show them losing. If you look at it, they, they, no, 
they make it where we're in the semifinals playing. We mm. play in the state championship. Okay. So they play. Okay. So they act like they playing us in the state championship. We beat them in the semifinal. Gotcha. Uh, it's their Hollywood. Uh, they had the money and they had the backing so yeah. they can do anything they want to do in Hollywood you know because yeah. that's part of mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. but um, the true thing was that they took that whooping and everybody else <laughs> took that whooping <laughs> and they can't take that back I, I, I like that. that yeah so I, I like that they came back and asked for the you know the, the championship rings and uh, the trophies I mean, you have all this stuff. You can't take the whooping and yeah. they couldn't get it back everybody was locked up and had their own stuff they never got that stuff back but I can't take that. Jesse, man, number one, I, I appreciate you always keeping the receipts. Number one, um, I can tell your passion behind a lot of these men that actually end up going to jail. Seems like really great friends of yours. You grew up together. Yeah. And so you, you, and I can, I feel the resentment in your words. Like, man, like, I really feel like I could have possibly helped when I didn't say something to coach. And like, you really are double-sided on that. Like, I, I feel you. How did that whole moment change your outlook on life? Like being able to let people in, did it really help you? Did it put up walls? Like, what did that do to you uh, as a young man, knowing that how close you were to one of the biggest decisions and maybe mistakes possibly that you did make in your life? Well, first of all, I know I had to represent from that point on. Mm-hmm. More represent, you know, Dallas. Represent Carter. Um, that name always followed me more than anything. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, I went to school. I wanted to be an FBI agent. I want to be uh, a lawyer. I, I I made sure it won't be in law because I knew that was wrong what happened. Mm-hmm. I graduated in three years. It forced me to graduate in three years. Yeah. Because my thing was that you cannot let nothing like that happen. Mm-hmm. It was should have been somebody around the country. Somebody came in and did something, and no one did anything. Mm-hmm. You know, and everybody sat back. You know, no one today people would speak up, but back then everybody kind of sat back and just say, oh. Just let whatever happened, happen. And uh, so I got my degree in three years from yeah. the University of Miami. Um, I, w- I never went home for the summertime. Yeah, I just stayed in school. I grinded. I got it done, you know. And, you know, when, I, when I'm passionate about something, I do it. Yeah. You know, I'm going to do it or, or, or you kill me. Either <laughs> one. Now, do you think there was, like, any similarities by you going to the University of Miami? So it's, we can we can just say people look down on Carter just because – Young black kids, right? Like that's that's no secret. Yep. But then you go to University of Miami, and I mean, it was just like whooping fools day in and day out, blowing blowing cats out. They were like the bad boys. That was in the heat of it. Yeah. That was in you the heat. Of it. That was in yeah. the heat of it. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, no. do you yeah. see? Was there like a similarity? It's like, man, this this feel like I'm back in high school. Like we 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 the bad boys. Everyone everyone looking down on us, but like we we beating the shit out of everybody. Yeah. Well, like, that, was there some similarity to that? I went to I went to different university mm-hmm. and visit them, but when I've been to University of Miami. It was like Carter High School. Yeah. So I went, yeah. I went from one school to the next school. And when I got to the University of Miami, they challenged me before I got there. They challenged me when I walked in the doors. Normally, you recruit somebody. Mm-hmm. They were like, man, you know one player in the country. We don't thank you by nothing. I'm like, bro, I'm the. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm so, that dude. Yeah, I'm, I'm the dude. Right. I, I, I got in tour with a few guys then. They were like, oh, he don't come back here. I'm signing here. I'm coming back here. And I'm gonna be the, and I'm gonna be the starter here, you know. And I'm wearing number one. <laughs> As I came in, I got number one. I came in. I did my starting. I became the best linebacker at the time in college football. Heading that right direction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tore my knee up, and then when I tore my knee up, then I came back and tore my shoulder up. So I, my whole right side was totally reconstructed, and uh, everybody that, that laughed at my jokes back then, they weren't laughing at my jokes. I was by myself. 
Mm-hmm. But I've been in. I, I I been. I come from the hood, so yeah. I was down in the bottom by myself, you know, and go for the University of Miami. Everybody turned their back on me, you know. Uh, they sent me to the doctor's hospital to go get um, therapy over there. Not at the facility where everybody else got faci- uh, treatment at. Mm-hmm. I did what I had to do, and I come back and I got my starting position back. Uh, when I got to the University of Miami, when when that happened. They brought in another linebacker. Okay. And his name was Robert Bass. Never forget. Never they, forget. This guy keep all the receipts. I no, love it. Never, never, I love never it. Never forget. And so they, they, when he came in, they said, Universe Miami found a linebacker to replace Jesse. Mm. And I said, you know what? He was at the facility. I said, let me go see this you know, guy. I bet he's not nothing. I can get over on my crutches. And when I went in there, he looked like a real linebacker. <laughs> I got depressed. I lost 10 more pounds. I went back to my room. <laughs> so I come, out, I come out to the spring game, and I'm like, well, I guarantee you just look like they can't play, you know? And this son going out there, he's like, wham, wham. I said, oh, my goodness. Cracking skulls. Cracking skulls out there. I said, whoa. So the media come to me like, well, what you going to do You know about your position? I said, well, if I'm at 70%, I guarantee I get my job back. So that was a big deal. Just say if he's 70%, he would be the starter. I came back. I got my job. And he uh, went my backup, you know. But he wound up getting drafted before I got drafted. But that's how life worked. That is how life worked. (laughs) Talk about the draft. Uh, Do you know that in 1993, your draft was the last draft with eight rounds? Did you realize that? And not only that, on top of it, Peanut, but— was it Mr. Irrelevant at the time? Did you get that? Because nah. you were you were just the last guy. So when did they start the Mr. Nah. Irrelevant? Because you missed on that. Yeah, you nah. missed on the parade. No, nah, it was. Yeah, you're right. It was seven rounds, but they gave everybody an extra pick that year. Oh, is that what it was? It was seven rounds. They gave everybody an extra pick because first year free agency, so gave everybody uh, the eighth round. Was, that's, oh, okay, and so that's okay. how they gave the extra pick. I didn't know all this. I realized that later. Well, I'm glad you're teaching us though. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know, know it either. either. I, yeah, I, I didn't know, know it either. either. <laughs> you know, it was seven rounds in. First year free agent, so they gave everybody an extra pick, and, oh. and that's how I wound up getting picked with that the eighth pick uh, from the Giants. You know, mm-hmm. man, if they wouldn't have had that, you'd probably just been a free agent or the undrafted free <laughs> he, agent. He would, he would have been good though. He would have been, been, yeah, been at yeah, the yeah. bottom. Yeah. He used to be in by so yeah. obviously. So um, yeah. I think that's kind of like your superpower though. Like when somebody <laughs> tell you can't do something, it's just like all right, I'm a sh- what I can't do it. Manifest it. I'm gonna keep these receipts, and you go out there and you just ball and you just you kill it. I, I, figured I mean, that seems like that's, that's your story. Yeah. No, you're right. It has been my story. Mm-hmm. And I, I figure it out, man. I, I, You know, that's one thing I look at all of us. Yeah. You know, you look at the guys that are successful in life, regardless, they'll figure it out, you know. Mm-hmm. And anybody just competitive, you'll figure anything out, you know. Now, what was it like when you were at the University of Miami when you saw mm-hmm. the, the the Rock? Was it was there anything special about him? Did you Was it was it like, oh, yeah, this dude's going to be pretty good? Or is this like, eh, whatever. He ain't, ain't going to be nothing. Did you Did you even <laughs> notice him? Was it a thing? Well, you look, Rock could tell the story that he noticed me. <laughs> you know? I like that. No. I like no. that. Well, in, the, in, the, in the show, the young Rock, they, no, they, he, the guy that plays you, did you really say that to him? I, I, was, I, I, was, a, I was a dog on that camera. Like, I did not. You, you mean the nice side of me now. You know? I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a good, guy, changed man. You know? <laughs> so, I was the guy you either, you don't like me, you don't hate me. You know what I mean? So, you know? According to the movie, I mean, on the show, you said, uh, he said, "Oh, you're the uh, the starting linebacker." You like, no, I'm I'm the number one linebacker in the country. That's how you introduce yourself. 
I mean, you you corrected me earlier, so uh, yeah. it's not. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. It's, it's exactly. It is what it is. It is. I am the number one linebacker in the country. You, know what I mean? so you ain't lying. I went number two. If I went number two, I could say number two. You know what I mean? You ain't lying. I've been number. Two, I've been number two before, and nobody remember number two. I played in the Super Bowl. I lost it. They don't remember the number two. They remember number one. I'm number one. I'm the best linebacker in the country. And I were number one. I'm now wearing number one. I love that. I, oh that man, is hilarious. So what was it like when you finally got? drafted in that eighth round and you got to play I mean your rookie year was Lawrence Taylor's uh, that was his last year now was now was my interpretation is when I got in the league we still had like those old school vets to where hey they had super tell, vets back hey, in the day go tell, like, hey go tell Jesse go get me something to eat I couldn't like imagine. they didn't even talk to rookies yeah. so I can only I, I'm imagining but this is I theory, this is my theory is that he didn't even talk to rookies LT Lawrence Taylor like did he yeah, he, he and who, who was all in that linebacker room? Because uh, we we had um, LT, you had uh, Pepper Johnson. Okay, Pepper, Pepper Johnson, Johnson still, yeah, yeah. big Pe- fan of his. Pepper the dog now. Yeah, uh, you had uh, we got in Michael Brooks. He came out of Denver. Uh, we paid him all that money that year. He came in, and he's a beast, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Brooks. He came out of LSU and with Denver, and yeah, I mean, you were talking about the toughest linebacker you want to face. He, he tough. And then you had Carton Bailey came from the, off that Buffalo team. Mm-hmm. You know, we just let Banks had just left Carl and went Banks. to um, uh, Cleveland with uh, with uh, uh, the. Yeah, it'll come. Hey, hey, yeah. I need to talk about. It'll yeah. come to me. Yeah, and so so uh, we had a room. We had a we had a stack room. Uh, we had some young linebackers in there also. We were sitting probably like fifteen deep when I was there at linebacker, and the guy got in. You know, um, and. Would my opportunity ever come? Because when I get to the third, third team and when I get to 14, drill over with, you know? So, <laughs> so, so I'm not never going to show myself at all, you right. know what I mean? And I was real small, you know? Mm-hmm. I wasn't a conventional linebacker because I was 225 pounds. Yeah. And I could just run. But we had linebackers 260 pounds that was grown as men. You yeah. Know what I mean? And the, the game was different. Yeah. Like, Bill Belichick was the coach. That yeah, was, yeah. It, I, I, yeah. I, it, I don't know how we. Still, I don't know how we forget about the because his time in Cleveland wasn't yeah, I, good. That's why I, we yeah. not at all. It. Yeah, 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 we forget about it because it wasn't good. Yeah, it was a blur. It was all a dream. <laughs> <laughs> so that was back when, like, you had like a like real like real deal Sam linebackers. You played on the weak side, yeah, obviously, uh, and where you really made your hay at. Um, I just think it's so amazing. At what point you you played special teams your first couple years, and then. When did you get your first real break and crack and like, okay. And then from here on, it was, it was all set in stone. Well, I was running, covering everybody out there at practice and, mm-hmm. and either LT and Michael Brooks, I'm like, Hey man, they got to put that young dude in and put him somewhere. And so what they did, they created me, put me in the slot. So I was a nickel cover guy. Oh, so people don't realize damn. That. that you look I at, you, if people look at 93, uh, I covered a slot. And I was used to covering the slot because the University of Miami, we, I never came out. I covered the slot. So it was just a common thing to me when I got there. But everybody was amazed. I'm like, shoot, man, you see the receivers. I had to cover the slot. I had nightmares sitting there, you know, in college. Mm-hmm. But make a long story short, I get there and I start playing and everything. I had to go to special teams because um, that was an opportunity. And they wanted somebody to go down to the Scott team and give them a look. And I kept going down, kept going down. And finally, they put me in the game. And that's when a lot of success happened for me on special teams. And uh, I was so good on special teams, they, uh, they wanted to always keep me there. Yeah. And then I loved Joe. Joe was a great special team. Deacon Miller, he was a special team coach that went on and won him two Super Bowl, real good special team coach. But I decided that 
I want to be the starter after I got the starting position and I couldn't lead Joe because that yeah. was my guy. And I still was starting on every special team and doing that. And eventually the Giants were like, no, nah, he our guy. We, we got to cut him off. See that? Another guy that started on defense and played special teams. He's talking about himself. Oh, right? yeah. I, <laughs> no, that was not 13 me. 13-year <laughs> special team starter. <laughs> that was not me. Yeah. He was just like, no, nah, I'm not doing special teams. <laughs> we built the same yeah, way. Yeah, no, we built right. tough. Yeah, we some dogs. <laughs> I don't know about this bougie guy over Dude, here. I'm honest. I'm honest. <laughs> I'm honest. And because it's hard, though. I think if you play special teams, let me just look at the camera when I say this, all right? When you play special teams, you better do it young because you can't do it not play special team and then do it late. It's like a young man's game. You need to get baptized early in it. And then you're good. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have... Hair plugs. I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay. So you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah. Like, check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, <laughs> hey, hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have know to do that saying? with everyone you meet? try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot and now he doesn't. Mm hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but. All right. So what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Jesse, I got to know this. And I feel like I know your answer the more and more we've spoken to you. But I want to know, in Super Bowl thirty-five, you had a pick six that got called back. The score was just seven to nothing at the time in the second quarter. Does that pick change the whole outlook of that game with you guys and the Giants? Possibly to win it? Versus like what happened at the end, the end result being uh, 34-7. Yeah, if you look at it, uh, it, it would have changed the game because now they have to play an honest game. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they never scored again on our defense. If you go through the game, everything else was the interceptions and the uh, kickoff return mm-hmm. and everything like that. Um, they didn't score to the end of the game when the game was over with the last uh, punch the ball in. But uh, they had a great defense. They had a number one defense. Yeah. We had a number two defense. Yeah, you guys were good too. And, but they stood up to the mat. They stood up and they, they challenged our offense and, um, our offense didn't show, didn't, didn't have a great day. They didn't have a great day and, and, and they came out on top. It's you crazy know, though because, like well, first of all, that Super Bowl 35 is <laughs> we're referencing Baltimore, uh, versus, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. versus, uh, the New York Giants. And the Giants actually, that year going back to it, I really thought Minnesota was going to win in the NFC Championship game. So your guys offensively just played lights out. 
Oh, they played light out, and hey, <laughs> defense gave up zero points. That's so I think, we, I think like, you know, like you, that's you, you, you play it. together, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's how it happened, you know. And and you know, we had that was when you had two weeks in between the Super Bowl. I'm not saying we come, uh, we we, we uh, simmered down or nothing like that. We went into our, in the Super Bowl, felt like that we won't win that game, and um, hey, you know, I coached. We had a um, a good approach, but I don't. We had that approach like. Hey, just play the game. And they had the approach that, hey, we're going to go out, we're going to enjoy ourselves, and we're going to play the game, and we're going to win the game, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, they had a mentality, and uh, we didn't match that mentality when the game time came. Who was that quarterback? Trent Dill? Yeah. Was Trent for, Dill Baltimore for, for Baltimore? Trent Dill yeah. 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 And he, for them, it was Kerry Collins. Kerry Collins, yeah. 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 In state, yeah. 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 I remember that. And that's, right. that's one thing that, you know, you sit back and you say, uh, th- those are things that you, you, you regret, you know, yeah. deep down inside, you know? Um I was very fortunate, you know, won two national championships, but I lost one. And you still, you start looking back when you get to a, a certain age in life, and like, man, I, I blew that. I blew that, you know. Don't look at me. Don't, don't, do anything. not even look at me. <laughs> do not even, I'm not I knew, uh, next, I'm insults all day. So I lost two. I'm 0 2 in my Super Bowl. Yeah, so I, 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 I'm just like I know yeah. we're family in that kind of situation. So, <laughs> so, so I, I, I didn't just, want to bring that up. It hurts. Yeah, no, I, I do, still I talk about it. So then yeah. when we do we do these shows, we do these podcasts at, yeah. at Super Bowl. He's always just like, "Well, I'm good. I got my ring. I, I'm, I'm good." I, 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 <laughs> and then he throw it in my face because I never won a Super Bowl. It's just like, I mean, it's really sound like no. a hit dog holler situation right now because I didn't say anything. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> didn't say anything. Yeah, but he gave me that look. Jesse, he gave me that look. I'm on your side because yeah. he he's another shining. And, you know, I, I won one. I got I got two on the other side. Right. Yeah. But that's on the other side. Yeah. You know, so I don't go out when I wear. You know, I wear Marines when I wear them, but. Uh, it's not like that one that he got on there. You know, so, I mean? it's different. <laughs> so let me ask you this: after losing one as a player and winning one in the front office, I want two. I'm sorry, excuse me. Winning two in the front office, how how does that feel? I feel, you know, it feel great. You know what I mean? Um, it feel great, but uh, I could imagine how it would feel uh, as a player. As a player, yeah. You know, uh, and that's why you know. I never want to be in that situation again. If I, I, I hate to be in that situation, even if I'm in the front office, don't lose it. I know how it feels to lose it. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, all right. So this is a perfect so time. Tell, tell us. Tell us about how I feel. You know. You know. Like, you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he he want to tell Trust us. Me, he does. Yeah. He does it all the time. He he got that quietness oh. to him. Like oh, I got some. I got something to yeah. me too now. As that little teardrop comes down. <laughs> Stop crying, fool. <laughs> Happy tears. I hate you. I, I tried not to bring it up. I'm trying not to bring it up. I'm trying not to. Go first of all, first of all, it does feel great. All I wanted when I went to Carolina with these guys, I wanted them to have that same feeling I, because I knew what it felt like. Yeah. And so when you you have that locker room, those brothers, and you've been to the top, the pinnacle, yeah. and you win it. And, you know, and I'll be honest with you, Jesse, it was the first time I'd ever been in that meeting where the coach has nothing to say. And it's something to be said about that. Yeah. Like, oh, no, we did it. And there's nothing. It's just pure outlandish joy. You get to share this moment. And for real, like, you walk with that You walk with that team forever. Like, yeah. Yeah. we were brothers. Same thing when you said about uh, Dallas Carters. Like, they can't take that whooping. Like, they can't yes. take that back. Yep. And no matter what they say, no matter what they try and point fingers at, you have that to go along with you forever. And that's like the, you know, that's after your dash. You know what I'm saying? When you, when you die or whenever, it's like Roman Harper, 
Super Bowl champion, da 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 da. Like that's part of me forever. And, so when uh, they don't put on a peanut. <laughs> Lowe's, Jesse, Lowe's. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm lost two. I mean, Jesse lost one. Yeah. That's up to you if you want to put it on there. That's up to you. I would say lead off with it. Okay. <laughs> it got to be on there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It got to be on there somewhere. So you put it on there. You know what I mean? Put it on there. I would lead off with that. You know what I'm saying? But other than that, though, it's cool. I would say this. I want this question, though. Because you won, you have two Super Bowl rings. But from your voice, from your what I'm hearing is that it's just different. And so is it better to have loved and lost or not have loved at all? Meaning, would you rather never have gone or go and lose and never go back? I'd rather been there because yeah. I had a chance at the fight. Okay. You know? Yeah, that's a great point. <laughs> you know, and I, I've been at the fight from high school winning a championship yeah. to winning two national championships and to be at the fight at the biggest arena you can yeah. be in in the Super biggest, Bowl. It's the biggest. And, and that day... I didn't win in the biggest arena. And I normally win in the big arena. Yeah. And that was one time I didn't. Uh, um, so. so from high okay. school to college, then you get to the league, was there a difference? Were you nervous when you got to that Super Bowl? You was like, nah, man, I done, I done this damn near like three times. Was there any nerves or was this like, nah, we got this. I got this. I wasn't never nervous from from high school to college or mm-hmm. college to the pros. Yeah, I've been. I, people don't realize I've been on top my whole life. Yeah, so it was nothing that you won't show me. And the only thing I have done wrong mm-hmm. is that one time they had Eugene Lockhart, the hidden machine, a Dallas Cowboys linebacker, and they had him in the restaurant. And this one thing I, I did wrong, I, and and they were like. Jesse, Eugene is back there. I'm like, well, I'm here. You know what I mean? I was high school then. Yeah. But that was, <laughs> I, I wish a high school kid would have that mentality of a pro athlete that's in the building. He had that attitude. You don't have that attitude. Right. And that's mm-hmm. one thing that always ate me up in the inside. Mm-hmm. That I'm like, how would you sit up there and think that you that dang good? This man is a professional athlete, and you sitting there, but I think they should come see you. You know, Because they, Michael Irvin, you had uh, um, uh, Steve Diossi. Mm-hmm. They used to come see me play in high school. Mm. And I wind up playing with Steve Diossi late uh, on, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so they used to come to the uh, to the pep rallies and stuff like that, and they want to see me play in high school. So you had a mentality thing that uh, you had a certain kind of level in your mind. Yeah. But no, you're just in high school, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Them professional athletes. That's you know? funny. Like, yeah. the one thing, like, dude, I have a, a regret, and it's all the way back to high school because I was just too much about me. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Yeah. You come off so humble now. I would have never guessed that, like, that was who you were then yeah. versus how, like you said, you've changed. And yeah, if you, you talk to my wife, uh-huh. she, she, she hated me then. <laughs> <laughs> she hated me in college. And she loved when I got to the pro because I became a whole different person. You yeah. know what I mean? You yeah. know, and Maybe the things you had, you know, like I got success so early, you know, and mm-hmm. I had it all the way through. And most people normally get it in the pros or they get it in college. Yeah, yeah. And I had it from day one when I first put on pro cliques, you know. Yeah. And it normally don't happen like it that. It does and, not. And, hey, I rode the wave, too. I rode it real hard, you know. So, so when you retired, you played 15 of 16 games. You had six and a half sacks. You had 100 tackles. And then you end up retiring. And you, I mean, what it, on paper, it looked like you had a, a really good season. What do you think led you to retire? Well, I actually went to Carolina, mm-hmm. and a very interesting conversation told me I wasn't going to be a starter. Mm. That I want, they had a young guy, <clears throat> Weatherspoon, and that I won't be uh, his backup. I believe in letting everybody compete for a job. Yeah. 
Most and definitely. I'm not saying I was better than him at the time, but don't put me in a box. Mm-hmm. And so after they put me in that box, I just and I hurt my bicep. Yeah. I said, you know what? I just had a surgery. I had the surgery, and then I just said, I'm done. Okay. Yeah. Now, how long after did you 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 uh like take time off before you transitioned into being the special assistant to the GM? Uh, you know what? It's it's hard when you lead a game of football. Mm-hmm. You know, if you really love the game of football, it's just a hard something that you've been doing all your life. And it took me uh, a year and a half. Okay. Actually, Giants called me back a year later uh, in 2006 for me to come back for their playoff game. And they were going to sign me in the front office, and they were happy. But Tom Kaufman and I can't think of the defense coordinator name, uh, they didn't want to have nothing to do with me because they just had a deal with Strahan going against Tom and all this kind of yeah. stuff like that. They can't bring in no more super vets. We can't take it no more. Yeah, so they were like, <laughs> they didn't want to. And yeah. so so they didn't sign me. And so uh, Mr. Uh, Merrill, actually, you know, uh, they all offered me an opportunity to be with the team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're still in the inside. I'm like, mm, no. Nah. And then later on, I decided yes. And uh, they brought me back and uh, – in 2007 and everything else is history from that point on. Yeah. Right, so what did you do to stay busy while you were away for like those that 12, 13, yeah. yeah, 13, 14 months, you know, yeah. uh, from the game. Um, you know, can you play golf? No golf for me. <laughs> no my golf. man. No golf for me, man. That's my passion. <laughs> That's my passion. Oh, man. I'm tired of hearing all your athletes talking about golf, man. <laughs> Y'all can't play no golf, man. No, I'm not that good, but I love it. It's all right. It's all right. I don't have the patience. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, see, I, you got to. Yeah. You know, I go. I do charity events because, you nice. know, I have I the charity. But as I sit there like nine holes, I'm like a kid then. You He's mad my, at me? This is, my, this is my spirit animal right here. I'm I'm start, my spirit animal. I start doing things I'm not supposed to be doing, <laughs> talking on the phone. They be like, come on, man. Like, Bro, y'all come to my game, and y'all argue, y'all fuss, talk about me, boo me, and everything else, and you can't hit a little ball? <laughs> come on, man. So so, so I spent I, you know, I time with my family, mm-hmm. you know, and one thing I, I, I wanted to do is have an opportunity where I always can have time to raise up my kids. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I already took away from their life. Uh, with the football part of it. thousand percent. Yeah. And so my thing was that I want to have an opportunity where I still could be with the kids and everything else. And um, I helped put in my work at the house and did my thing. And uh, they came to Jersey and they wound up graduating from high school in Jersey and wound up going off to college and graduating from college. And now it's my free time uh, to focus on whatever I want to focus on and keep improving at the yeah. New York Giants. How many kids do you have? I have two daughters. I have uh, uh, one, uh, Jail. Uh, she graduated from TCU and wound up going to New York at L.A. Film Academy in Burbank. Okay. Oh, nice. And now she just graduated and trying to get into uh, writing and production yeah. and everything else. My other daughter, she graduated from North Texas and, mm-hmm. um, and she into fashion design. And, you know, and now it's just me with extra time, my wife and you know, she looked for me to do go some, and do something else. Do and, something. and I'm just going to keep working at Johnson. And I'm going to make sure that get that train back on track. Yeah, well, talking about getting the train back on track, 
Are you involved in any of the the draft process? I know you guys drafted uh, Kayvon Thibodeau last year in the first round. Um, I think he's a – I actually called him an apex predator when he was in college because he has that type of ability. Um, just what's your involvement with uh, upstairs, and do you ever help with the draft process? And over the years, who have you fell in love with, if you have? And uh, who have you been like, man, I, I totally like didn't see that. seven questions. I just want to kind of like take him in the direction I want to go. I know, but you can't ask go. seven questions, bro. Just ask like one, maybe two. Uh-huh. Let him answer one. I'm taking him in the whole direction. <laughs> oh I want him to spitball it all. Go. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well you know, when you start, I, I, I also work with the, the day-to-day players, you know, yeah. oh, okay. and trying to actually help them in anything they need to know uh, yeah. in any kind of way. Sometimes they run into problems they, they can't figure out. Yeah. And they want to run by big bro, they call, you mm-hmm. know. And I talk to them. But it, and for the draft process, uh, I started getting involved in the draft process a little more uh, each year. Oh, nice. And uh, either we just brought up Thibodeau. Um, a lot of people in Thibodeau um, was coming out. It was just questioning, was he going to be there for football or he won't be there for the what come with football, the, the, mm-hmm. the fame, the, the off the field stuff. But I looked at a guy like Thibodeau that was kind of like myself. He was a top-rated player. He was type, type, top-rated in the high school. Got to college same way. And if you people don't realize, if you watch a person when they're younger, they don't be consistent who they are when they get older. Yeah. And he still had that pedigree, and I look at him still have that pedigree now. And he just got the one thing you got to keep stay focused and block out everything and work hard. You can't never sit back and – Take a deep breath because you never can take that deep breath. Not in New York City. Mm. New York wants you to perform every week. And that's why people want to say, what's so different about New York? Because you have a one week, next week, they expect a, some some great out of you. So that's one thing why players don't make it in New York City. And, and that's one thing that he got to stay focused on, plan and perform every week. Mm. Okay, that's a great that's a great concept. I, I I always think it's so hard to play in New York, and you think like, oh, it's just the media. But like you said, it's like no, it's the pressure to perform week after week after week at the highest level. Because like once you see it, we don't forget it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and New York like that. I mean, like, that's one thing that I'm well respected in New York because I gave them everything I had. Yeah, and one thing about when they came in, when they seen that number ninety eight. They knew that that book going to be there every Sunday for you, and he'll give you everything he got. Win, lose, or draw, you go home that night and say, hey, he gave it to us that night, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's how I look at it. I tell all players that come through New York, give them what you got. If you give it to them, they'll reward you in the long term. And I've been rewarded to be able to be with one of the greatest teams uh, all my life. Oh, yeah. Pino, one more last question for me. Did you miss out? Last question. Did you miss out on your timing? Because like now that people can wear whatever number they want, you didn't get to wear number one. No, because you know why I wasn't changing. Because when I was in high school, I was number forty six. They just gave me a number because I was um, nothing, (laughs) and I put on that number and I made it to being the number one linebacker in the nation that year. Right? Then I got so cocky. I said, "Give me that number one," (laughs) and then I get that number one. I had two career-ending injuries. Right? (laughs) I get to New York. They say, "Hey." Get that number over there. I'm like, a 98, man. God. That thing heavy. The, the, the biggest told me, say, oh, don't worry about it. You won't be here much longer. You know what I mean? Um. <laughs> you know? And so every time I just handed something, I made it to become pretty good. Mm. When I chose that number one, 
I had heck on my hands. Okay. <laughs> All right. But isn't it crazy how we work in those those myths though? Yeah. <laughs> like it's it's funny how you weave that myth and it's like the, your own interpretation. It's like, yeah, because I picked it, it's bad luck now. Nope. Someone just gotta give it to yeah, me. Yeah. Like the superstitions <laughs> that players go through on game day. Yeah. It's, oh my God. Yeah. I have my own superstitions. You hear that sure. little receipt he kept he kept too. He's like, oh, you ain't gonna be here long. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I got you. Yeah. I, and I still know the guy who told me that. <laughs> He's still working the Giants. I, I don't want to call him my, but he be working. Man. He know I know him. <laughs> he know I know him. Oh man, that's funny. So let's transition to like when you first got in the league. What was your welcome to the NFL moment when you got there? We all, you know, it, whether it be a hit, whether it was you know taking linebackers out to dinner. Uh, uh, something in practice, something maybe a coach said something to you. Well, just <laughs> you know, you had to stand on the chair. You know, you had to say what school you're from. Yeah, and put your hand on your heart and say what your signing bonus was. And so I had to stand in front of everybody, and no big deal. Whatever I believe in, whatever you're supposed to do, I'm gonna do. Yeah, you know, I did what right I was supposed passage. to. Howard Cross, I'm calling names, right? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I see Tight you. End. Yeah, big Howard. Howard, big, big tight end. He said, oh, what school you come from? I said, University of Miami. He said, didn't you just get whooped in the last championship? Everybody started. <laughs> I said, hey, man. But my first year, I got my first ring when I whooped you. Mm. Ooh, he wanted to fight me then. Mm. And it just came out. You know, I just, oh, you know. So, 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 they, so, they, so they were after me then, you know what I mean? The tight ends, yeah. you know. And so they were like, all right. You know, so now they all were after me. I'm small. Okay. So we go to practice, and Derrick Brown was coming across, and they all were after me. I must have tried to decapitate him. <laughs> And he laid on the ground. I laid on the ground like I was knocked out till you laid down. <laughs> and he was the first round draft trolls out of Notre Dame. I laid down like I was just hot. I was in that chance. Man, boy, that was a big time. I said, oh, I'm all right. I just, I just make sure they don't cut me. You know what I mean? They had taken me in. You know what I mean? They took him to the locker room. You know what I mean? So I'm like, I was just trying to make sure I don't get cut. You know? And that's when the older guys, they were like dapping me up. And, yeah, yeah. And they just kind of like brought me across then. You know what I said? Pretty tough. You know? uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's yeah. a great one. That might be the best one I heard. He was like, I hate him, but I just I was playing there like I was hurt too. Yeah. So when you cut, yeah, I know. I was first round trouble. pick, yeah. first round pick, but yeah, I just laid yeah. there. There you go. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, that oh, might man. be the best one I'd ever heard. Oh my god, that's the uh, best one. All right, I want uh, you to tell me. I'm you just talked now. about. Bragging about winning a championship at Miami. What is? Tell me a story or something uh, that sums up your time at Miami, at the University of Miami at that time too. I wish I could have been there. At well, that time. well, I tell you what. Um, there's nobody. I'm, I'm just saying. I, I know guys work out and train. There's nobody to train and compete like guys at the University of Miami. Mm-hmm. We went at each other like, like games was easy. You know, what I mean? we challenged each other. Ex players come back, you know, uh, Mike, all of them come back. We, Melvin Braden, uh, you start looking guys that come back, they get challenged by the college kids, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, we want to compete against them, you know yeah. what I mean? It wasn't like, oh, he's in the pro. No, when you, when you step on that field, we all go at each other, you know? Yeah. And that was the atmosphere around there. You know what your brother next to you could do, and you had his back, he had your back. And that's how we rolled no matter where we went, you know? Uh, 
And that's why we, we, we got in trouble together and we won together. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> we weren't scared of getting in trouble and we weren't scared to win. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's like a great that. point. I, 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 um, I got friends that went to the U and when we won a Super Bowl, not trying to bring that back up, we practiced at you guys' facility. And when I got there, because I'd always heard about the U, it's the U, the U. And then I get there, I was like, bro, this place is just all right. Like the facility yeah. was not. No, no. Going up. And, no. It was, and then my man Vilma was like, no, nah, bro, it's really about the people. Yeah. It's the people here yeah. that make it special. The guys that come back, the guys that represent the you. It's all about the players. Yeah. Dev did, did, did the that's same the, thing. Yeah. yeah. Dev did too. So when we Super Bowl 41 yeah, yeah. or whatever, down there yeah, we Indianapolis. practice at your facility as yeah. well. And then there's like the, I guess the, the rope that you couldn't walk over the you. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. yeah that's a new thing. And, yeah. Oh, okay. But it was just like, and I remember yeah. Devin was, someone said something, Devin was like, hey, man, I swear to God, do not walk on that. <laughs> like, it was like, it was like a carpet, it was the, the emblem or whatever, and I was just like, oh, y'all, y'all. Well, I remember they said that it was it was like an old brown couch in the player's locker room, like, bro, what's up? Like, and they were like, dude, like, it's so many fights that's done happening here. Like, God, you challenge casting, like, bro, you take it no, to we, the- we had real fights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like, you know, like, like if, if you want to challenge somebody, there's a real fight, you know what I mean? And it's not, we, we don't back down, you yeah, know what I mean? So. Like guys do all this talking and stuff like that, and we're not like that, man. Yeah, we don't fight you and we'll go at it, you know. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, look, uh, I think that's it, Jesse. Well, man, no, you- I got. Let's get out of here on this. The question we always ask. Oh, Mount Rushmore. If you had to pick four people that have had a very good influence uh, in your life, mom, dad, brother, who, co- whoever, anybody you want to name. Who would those four people be? Uh, be my mom, uh, my dad. All right, tell us why. Well, my mom, because uh, she stopped in ninth grade, uh, not graduating high school, two <laughs> kids, uh, had kids 15, 15, and had me at 18. Mm-hmm. And I can't handle kids, and I'm a grown man. I don't know how they did, <laughs> but she survived with two boys, you know. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my daddy, he was street dude, you know what I mean? He he found a way to take care of us and did what a man had to do. Yeah. Sometimes I didn't understand, mm-hmm. but as a grown man, I understand now, yeah, yeah. you know. And so I respect him tremendously on that deal. Uh, he's not here no more, but hey, I'm just like him, you know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, go get him. Put me in the field, we'll figure it out, and then uh, be my wife. Uh, we've been together since we're fourteen, awesome. you know. So uh, she done seen up down, and she been by me, and you know, and nothing's been to make her leave, you yeah. know. Uh, and then be my brother, you know. So my brother's considered my best friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I call him now, no matter where I'm at, he's coming. You know, mm-hmm. so you got to deal with two of us. It might not be three or five, six of us, two. You got to deal with. You know? I like it. Yeah. I like it. Well, look, Jesse, hey, thanks for coming on the show, man. Appreciate you. Uh, I love the the Welcome to the NFL Women's Story. By far, my my, my best one that I've, he- I've heard of. All the guests we've had, that is by far the favorite on this show, man. Appreciate you. Wishing you and the Giants nothing but success this upcoming season. All right. Now, thank you all for having me. No, nah, man. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for blessing with our time, man. Uh, I want to also uh, thank my co-host, Peanut, man. Everybody that really pours into this thing and Jesse pouring more time into us. Continue for all of our listeners out there, man. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Anywhere you pick up uh, your uh, your podcast at with this iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, please thank you. Give us a five-star rating, a review. Click follow. 
Man, this was good. This was great. Thank you, Jesse. No, Appreciate that, thank man. You thank all, you guys. Man. We out of here. All right. I'm Peter Tillman, and that's the NFL Player Second X Podcast. We out. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.